Hi, I'm Corey of Conversations with Corey, who is ready for raw and honest conversations about life, faith, struggles, and things that bring you joy, things that make you furious. What have you overcome? Where does resilience come from? Join me as I have insightful, honest, and raw conversations with a variety of everyday people walking out their faith in truth and love. I can't wait. See you soon. Well, hey, everybody. This is Corey of Conversations with Corey. And today, I really want to talk about a life skill that I have learned through trial and error, mostly error, and lots of trials. And the life skill is how to move from a platform or how to move from a springboard of faith versus fear. I think that's a really important topic for the world we live in and even though you don't have maybe the same circumstances or the same stories I do we all have to live with overcoming fear because it's natural to be afraid and it's it takes time to teach ourselves and to learn how to walk in faith and you probably heard it said that To walk in faith doesn't mean that we don't have any fear, but it just means that we don't let the fear that we have control us. So I wanted to kind of recap a little bit. We talked about my story and about how we came across my husband's um, diagnosis of a neurodegenerative brain disorder that is terminal without a cure or a treatment. And I want to address kind of the backstory after he was diagnosed, how we went from that stage of finding out that there was something wrong and, and we felt so helpless in that, you know, diagnosis because there is no cure. There is no treatment. It's pretty daunting. How do you go from that place of finding out something is not gonna go the way you thought it was. The trajectory of your life has just shifted and now you have these decisions ahead for you. And the decisions that I had to make in that time period were paramount. Now, of course, at the time I didn't, you know, looking back, I realized this, that they were paramount because they are the decisions they are the stepping stones they are the building blocks of the future that we had started to build then and have built now and they're the reason I have any joy at all inside of me because I I had to conquer the very first thing that came against me and that was fear so what do you do when you have no control. (laughs) You can freak out. You can throw a tantrum. You can go into freeze mode and 
flight mode and all the modes you can go into for fear. You can run from it. You can and try to never let it catch up to you. And those kinds of people are just busy all the time and they don't have any downtime. They don't want to allow themselves to feel. And so to not feel, they're always moving. And I always like to say it's like a train that's on a train track around the bottom of maybe like a Christmas tree. Always moving, never going anywhere. It's kind of like that. And for much of my early life, I would think that would be a good description of how I personally handled emotions. Not just fear, but emotions in general. I didn't really... Some people are very emotionally intelligent, and I was not one of those people. I was one of those people that didn't like to feel things, didn't like to confront things, didn't like conflict. So I I would run from those emotions until they were strong enough that it forced me to come to terms with them. But I'm not um, confrontive or even like confrontation by nature. It's something I've had to learn. And I've also had to learn when to just let it lie. You know, don't water a a dead garden, you know. Um, But I want to take you back to a moment in time where I felt I was taught how to handle this new diagnosis, this new normal in our family, and how I confronted my own fear with peace, and how I confronted my own fear with faith. And instead of running and moving all the time and being keeping myself, you know, that busyness we get into, I decided to take a year off of all the busy, all the working I was doing. I decided to take a year off until I could get a grasp on what it meant to spring into life from that point forward because life had kind of stopped with faith rather than fear. So I want to share with you how I springboarded from that place of faith and not from fear. And it's actually kind of simple. And it's something that I I am very grateful that I had the wisdom of time to do because I just simply dug my heels in and refused to live from a place of fear. So I'm in my kitchen one day and I'm, I'm, I'm having a conversation with God, which I do when I wash dishes or when I'm getting doing laundry. I'm just kind of talking with him in my mind and I'm having this conversation about next steps and I'm 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 just confessing how afraid I am because I don't know I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how this is going to change my life although I know it's going to be a big change. And so I'm having this conversation and and I and I feel like I feel like I'm starting to understand two things. One, Silence and stillness are really uncomfortable for lots of people, but mostly for me. I have, you know, a little ADHD. (laughs) And as an adult, it's hard even still to hold still. So being still 
is not just physically hard. It's, it's, it's hard in every way. And when you're, when you have a lot of emotions running through you, it's really hard to hold still. But I had this understanding that I needed to be still because what I needed to gain in this moment of conquering fear was only going to be found in my stillness. And so I had to kind of slow down intentionally and I had to kind of, you know, I guess I say like what, like, I don't know the word, I guess you, you border up, you kind of get close with the ones that really know you and everybody else kind of takes that second or third place because you just can't do it all especially when you're walking with something really hard so I was sitting in my kitchen I was doing dishes I was having a conversation with God and I I I I I realized you know I'd always heard like oh you know for the but for the grace of God blah, blah, blah. And I always thought, you know, grace, it's so cute, you know, so it's kind of a tender word, not a very strong word. And it was in that moment that I realized that it, the I needed that grace to do this journey. And that grace was powerful, that it wasn't this like puny little thing, but it was the actual thing, the grease that was going to get me through my life to the next season. I didn't want to live in this, you know, stunned place forever. I wanted to live in a place of hope and of joy. And and at that moment, I honestly didn't know if I'd ever return to those states. It, it was such a grievous diagnosis, you know, no cure and no treatment and just such a grievous thing. And And I didn't know if I would be able to return to the state of carefreeness again where I wasn't always worried about something and I heard this phrase in my mind and the phrase was everyday grace and I knew that the success of myself the success of my family the success of us walking through this with any kind of any kind of peace with any kind of joy with any kind of uh, I just knew that walking through this was going to require the strongest grace I knew and I knew that conquering fear was going to be this everyday decision that I was going to make to not be afraid and so I laid down my my midwifery um, cap. I was a student at the time working in a birthing center setting. And I knew that I wanted to complete this midwifery school. I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I was going to be a midwife. I wanted to do out of hospital birth. I wanted to be well-trained. But I knew in that moment that the busyness of midwifery school, the busyness of life, the busyness of going to birth, the busyness of, of all these things would keep me from feeling and keep me from really embracing this moment that had come upon us suddenly of my husband's diagnosis with Huntington's disease. And so I knew that I couldn't just keep going. 
And I knew that this everyday grace, this this daily thing, this daily bread, I needed to eat daily. You know, the children of Israel would would gather the manna in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years. They gathered this manna that would drop from heaven. And on a Friday, they would gather double the manna because they weren't to gather the manna for um, the Sabbath. And I think there was a story, I remember as a child, one time they gathered manna they weren't supposed to gather and it rotted. And, and it wasn't that, it was that they needed to trust in the everyday provision, in the everyday grace that God would take care of them and they needed to learn the lesson that they weren't providing for themselves. That yes, they worked and yes, they did these things, but God was ultimately their provider. And that's a lesson in trust. It's a lesson in knowing God's character. And in order to spring forth from a place of faith, I needed to understand that God was my take, he was my provider. He was going to care for all my needs and I needed to learn how to trust him. And that was a really hard, that was a really hard lesson for me. Trust is not won easily by me. I don't initially trust. I trust people. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like I'm not going to trust you. I'm just saying that I'm not going to really, really trust you unless there's been some history and I know that I can trust you. I'm going to trust you and then I'm going to see what you do with that. And I think that's healthy. And in this stage, I really needed to learn how to trust God in that way because I, at that moment, I realized my, my depth of relationship, my depth of trust was not very deep. And I think one of the things that, that hard times do for us, if we allow them to, is they teach us where we lack various attributes like faith and trust and hope. And, and they teach us if we're willing to learn the hard way, the, we're willing to learn the hard lessons, they teach us so much that we gain wisdom from hard times. So don't run from hard things. So I took this year off from working in the birthing center and from school and I began to try to learn how to do every single day, stepping into that trust, that everyday grace. And I tried really hard to do that every day thing I get up get ready do my life get ready get my kids to school and try to not let the thoughts of the fears of the future overshadow me where I was frozen and I couldn't move and I didn't have any any life in me and I did simple things like getting up getting dressed getting my coffee getting my breakfast doing the dishes doing the laundry and I just made my life one of prayer. If you think that prayer is I go, you know, somewhere and I and I pray five or ten, you know, minutes or I, I read a book of prayers or whatever your praying looks like. Prayer is really a lifestyle 
of taking those thoughts and concerns that we have, those gratitudes, those things we're thankful for, and taking them to the Lord all the time, all day long. And it's a, it's there are there is times for formal prayer. Don't get me wrong, but the prayer that I'm talking about is the everyday grace, the the everyday conversation with God, the the moments where you're just taking your your silly thoughts and you're just having this conversation in your heart with the maker of the universe and it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing and and I think this this time period was so beautiful because it gave me time to actually do um that very thing I at that point had a choice and I had to choose what did not come naturally to me and I had to choose not to move until I could move from that place of faith and not fear. And that's how I came to the understanding of the everyday grace of God. And that ultimately is how I've learned how to trust him. And what's crazy is what I learned in that process is that God is always good, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't see it, even if it looks the very opposite of good, God is always good and he's always working things out for our good and he can be trusted. So with that, I'd like to share a a simple, practical story of kind of how we learned to confront fear head on, look it in the eye, tell it like it is, and overcome it. Because fear in my past would have overcome me. I wouldn't be overcoming it. And I think that's true for so many people. I think that's true that fear for some of us is is a real entity. It's a life force within us. And fear is not your friend when it comes to the way that it debilitates you. There is a holy fear, like of God, and there is a fear of like doing, you know, doing stupid things, like don't walk too close to something that you could fall off of. That's a, a logical, reasonable fear. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about an irrational fear or a fear of things that haven't happened yet, like a fear of the future. What's going to happen if I don't have, you know, if this person has this problem and then what am I going to do? I'm going to be alone. It's the fear that springboards more fear. It's the fear (laughs) that doesn't lead us to peace. It's the fear that leads us to unrest and future guessing and future fears that haven't happened yet because we're not in the future yet. And it's the ability to stay in the place of peace, the ability to stay in the everyday grace of God is a learned thing we do. 
and I want to share with you a little story. When we would go to, um, there's a, a clinic we go to every couple times a year called the Huntington's Center of Excellence. They're wonderful people and we go to basically be studied and to learn the newest treatments um, for symptoms of the disease. Now, it doesn't treat the disease itself. There's no cure for that, or and there's no symptom. There's symptom cures, but there's not, um, or I should say symptom treatments, but not cures. And so, you know, there's, there's medications you can take for movement, there's medications you can take for mood, just like with anything else, but it doesn't really cure the problem. But... We would go to these appointments and because there really wasn't a cure, because it really isn't a a solution to it, it's it's it could be hopeless. It could feel daunting. I mean, we'd go see six to eight doctors in a very long four to five hour day. We'd spend the half of the day there. It's just, it can be mentally and emotionally exhausting, especially in the early days when we were kind of waiting for symptoms to appear that were more physical and we weren't seeing very many symptoms. I mean, it could just seem like you were kind of waiting for the, the future to fall on you like a big heavy wall. And so we would kind of, we go to those appointments and, and we try to go in faith, but by, after four hours of just, you know, movement tests and walk with your foot in front of the other and can you hold your balance and just all the different tests, cognitive decline tests and all the different tests we would have, we would leave and would just be kind of wiped out. And it could, and it could feel a little depressing. And so one day we were driving back. We had about a two and a half hour drive from our the hospital, the clinic we went to in Northern California, back to our home. And we were driving back in the car together. And my husband and I, we we're talking about the visit and, you know, trying to kind of just make light conversation and it was a long day we got some lunch and we just were driving back and and I said you know I feel just so heavy and I wonder if we couldn't maybe like say 10 things that we're grateful for and so my husband and I decided to start saying things we are grateful for so we're kind of driving down the road on the freeway and and I said I'll start and I'm grateful for my family. And then he said, I'm grateful for my wife. And I'm said, I'm grateful for my husband. And then I'm grateful for this car. And I'm grateful for a house. And and you know what was 10 grateful statements turned into two and a half hours of gratitude and thankfulness and kind of a refocus of you know, this focus on like your your decline, focus on your degree, your degradation. We were focusing on something that we could actually see, that we could make ourselves more aware of the moment that we were living in, and less aware of all of the unknowns of the future, because the unknowns can just feel so real. And yet, they're not real because they haven't happened yet. So again, 
one of the ways that we learn to combat fear and to stay in that everyday grace and to spring forth, springboard from a place of faith and hope and joy is with gratitude and with thankfulness and with staying present in the moment, in the time period. You know, not worrying about tomorrow, but really staying in today. And every day, recognition that every day was a new day. Every day is a day full of opportunity. And there's always something to be grateful for. And to this day, we always say, every day is a gift. And as long as there is breath in our lungs, we're going to be grateful are going to be thankful but it has been a choice because fear is not something that has been easy for me to overcome some people don't seem to be that afraid um i was not one of those people i had all kinds of fears fear of jumping off a diving board fear of making you know making friends we moved all the time when I was a kid and so I was always being forced to make new friends and then fear we were going to have to leave again because then you don't want to get that close and you know just there's nothing I think when you're in the middle of it it just seems hard but as I got older I realized that I was actually gaining strength in different areas with my having to be in a new school or being with new kids or being at a new church or uh, I learned how to make friends quickly. I learned how to integrate myself into a lot of different kinds of cultures with different kinds of people. And so there is strength that comes in these in these pressurized moments in time where we have to walk through really hard things and so it's funny isn't it that sometimes the the confrontations of those emotions of the fear the stubbornness it takes to refuse fear sometimes the pressure the hard things that we have to walk through create this pressure that presses the best out of us now, sometimes I know you're thinking it probably pressures the worst out of us. I'm guilty of that too. But, but I want to acknowledge that sometimes it pressures the best out of us. Sometimes it produces really good lasting fruit like wisdom and deep love and and. and and perseverance and tolerance and thankfulness for the little things you know because sometimes those little things are huge and I feel like in the gratitude of the moment something shifted in our conversation of that car ride it was like maybe like 10 minutes in we were maybe at 20 things we're grateful or thankful for something shifted now did our situation change no did our you know did did the trajectory of the the plan of this disease in my husband's body without a cure change no what then changed 
our attitude changed, our mindsets changed, our focus changed so that we could see something that was realer. Is that even a word? More real than what we had been given as to, to be the truth. And truth is a funny word because, yes, it's there is fact that there's this disease, and there's fact that these are the that these are you know what it looks like, and there's facts. But facts aren't always truth because I don't know that you know five years from now or a year from now or tomorrow there won't be a cure. There wasn't always a cure for things that penicillin now cures. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if he's not going to part the Red Sea and allow us to walk over on (laughs) disease-free land. I don't know. But I, I can do this one thing and I can, I can learn to trust in the everyday grace, in the truth of today, in the truth of the moment that right now, we're here, we're together, and we have a lot to be thankful for. There's breath in his lungs, breath in my lungs. There are people to love. There are there's life to be lived. And I think if we stop for a minute, no matter what we're going through, and we recognize that there is this powerful force of everyday grace given to us in the daily bread, in the daily acknowledgement that today is a gift from God, a new day, and anything is possible in this day. There is such a hope from that place. And that is a beautiful springboard. Nothing good comes from a springboard of fear of something that hasn't happened yet. Nothing good comes from fear. Fear is the faith of hell. Nothing good comes from it. There's no place in us that was created to carry and give birth to fear. We were created to live and carry faith and hope and love. And and I think as a midwife, it's interesting because I always got back to birth in my, in my thinking, but what we give birth to matters because it affects our lives. It affects those around us. Giving birth to, f- to faith, springing forth from a place of faith is always good. And learning how to trust and to confront and to stay in the present moment and to stay there in gratitude and thankfulness, it shifts atmospheres. It shifts us. It shifts our families. It releases hope 
And man, if you have hope, if you have hope, if you have an ounce of hope, an ounce of faith, small as a mustard seed, Yeshua says you can take, speak to the mountain and it will move from here to there with just the faith of a mustard seed, just that much faith. We can say to the mountain, move, and it's going to be done. It's going to move. Yeah, so I want to be able to walk in that place. And I want to be able to stay in that place. And I'm learning to do it. And I know that you can too. And sometimes it's just a matter of acknowledging honestly where we're at, acknowledging honestly what we're afraid of, and then taking it all back to, but what's true now? Not the facts of the disease, not the facts of the, of the, of the life, not the facts of the day, but what's true right now. And what can I do right now to combat the fear of tomorrow because it hasn't happened yet and anything is possible. And so, oh, I just, I think I'll end on that note for today, but I, I, I'm really excited to get any feedback. I want to know what you're thinking. Leave me a comment if you'd like. But I hope this helps combat fear in your life. And I hope this brings hope to you. And I hope that you have a moment of gratitude and thankfulness in the midst of your heart. Because it does truly change things when we shift our focus into faith and and out of fear. And as we learn to trust... (laughs) We learn to trust God. We learn to trust our own heart. We realize that we're stronger than we think. Mm -hmm. We're stronger than we know. And there's nothing that isn't possible for us if we just believe and trust in God and carry the everyday grace. Stay there. Hey, this is Corey. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you liked what you heard, consider giving me a follow. Have a wonderful day. See you next time.